We were talking earlier with reporter Brittany Greenslade of Global News in Manitoba about the case of the two teens who initially were thought missing in B.C. now are suspects uh, in double murder and an unidentified body that were found in B.C. Uh, these two individuals, Cam McLeod, 19 years old, and Briar Schmigelski, 18, um, have uh, crisscrossed the country. They've been tracked through Saskatchewan and now into Manitoba, into a remote community in Manitoba. Uh, was actually a First Nations reserve there, too, that's also in on this um, in the sense of trying to find these guys. Uh, they're Police are tracking them. It's become a manhunt, basically, to find these two. And uh, we wanted to know what is involved in that kind of process. We rarely see this in Canada, this kind of uh, you know intense manhunt of people who are basically uh, trying to elude law enforcement officers. How do the law enforcement officers track them down? What's a manhunt like? What's it like being on the front lines? To tell us now about that, we're joined by someone who's actually been there. David Perry is a former police officer. He's a 640 Toronto's law enforcement analyst and the CEO of Investigative Solutions Network. And uh, David, I understand you have been on manhunts. Um, so thank you so much for coming on today. My pleasure. And yes, I have. I've been on many in my career. And, uh, you know, you, as you said, you don't see these very often in Canada, but when they do come around, they're, they're big news. They're obviously, you know, real public safety issues and police safety issues. So, everybody's paying attention and reading everything they can get their hands on and listening to every report that they can on on the uh, how the investigation is going right so let's let's go from from a to z here because initially uh the information that came out initially these two were considered missing and then they switched to being suspects how do yeah. police decide to to make that switch like what kind of evidence do you need to uh, to determine that well, there, there's uh, working theories that happen as soon as you arrive at a crime scene. You know, you start talking about what you see and what the forensics are telling you and what the behavioral patterns look like and what makes the most sense. And I can tell you I've been talking about this case since it broke, and my, my first initial feeling was that when they reported that these two boys were missing and that their vehicle had been burned, it didn't make sense to me, and it, it, it actually made more sense that perhaps they were involved in, in the previous three homicides, because uh, why would they burn their vehicle? So the police will be going through all of those processes and developing their theories and then backing up their theories or you know, perhaps changing their theories based on evidence. So they've got some kind of evidence that would prove or at least indicate to them that uh, the, the two people that are missing were responsible, and now it's, now it's on to the investigation and the manhunt. Okay, that's so you're a, hunting that's them. An onerous task. Yeah, I was gonna say you're hunting them across the country. They're on the move. How do you track someone who is, you know, disappeared into remote rural areas, going across the Saskatchewan? How do you follow and find them? Yeah, that's that's the difficult part. And in reality, all you can do is go to where they last were and and follow the trail. And I've done that right across North America, including, you know, tracking and hunting a guy to Miami, Florida, wanted on on a multiple murder charge. And you just have to keep following the, the hottest tips, trying to determine which ones are more apt to be real than, you know, perhaps something that, you know, was mistaken identity or whatever. So you prioritize all of your tips and your information, and you go to their last location, and you gather your evidence there, and you try and make your best determination on where they went from that point, and you just keep following the trail until you get to them. Okay, and, yeah. what kind of evidence are you looking for? I mean, obviously you're talking to people, but is there any physical evidence you, you ever maybe came across that was like, aha, this was left behind, this was a tip, it led you to something? Yeah, so absolutely. They're going to be gathering, for example, 
<clears throat> surveillance evidence, you know, if they've stopped to gas up the vehicle that they're using, if they've stopped and picked up groceries, if they've been involved in petty crimes where they've, you know, stolen food, money, cash, cars, you know, uh, broken into a cabin or a cottage for, for lodging, and, and they're on the run, and they know they can't go home. So they, they don't really know where they're going. They're just going, and uh, they're probably making these decisions on the fly. They might might not and likely don't have a final destination in mind. They're just trying to avoid detection, as you said. And, uh, you know, visiting each place where they've been, there's usually some form of evidence, whether it's video or forensic or otherwise, that will give the police an indication of what their next move might be. But uh, here's the thing. They have to, in whatever area they've last been spotted, the local police and the investigative team that's following them on the lead will have to pay very particular attention to petty crimes, break and enters, um, thefts from you know homes, uh, stolen cars, all of these kinds of things as these guys they continue on the run. The only way they can survive most likely is by committing petty crimes, and we've seen that pattern before. Okay, well, they're gone to an area now that is extremely remote. I was talking to Brittany Greenslade in Manitoba, Gillum, Manitoba. There's only one road in and out of that community. Uh, There's a First Nations Reserve that's bordering it. It's not a place where you can actually, you know, where you find a lot of people to steal things from or commit those things. So is it harder to find someone when they're in that kind of situation than in an urban area where, like you said, they could run into people and, and interact? Yeah, definitely a challenge for sure. But the good news is if they are in that area and they can close it off and and set up their perimeter, which I'm going to assume is going to be quite large, they may have a very good chance of containing them within that area. And then they will start their tactical searching uh, grid by grid and, and see if they can flush them out. The other part is that if they're, and I've seen this before, and it, it happened on a on a Toronto case many years ago where uh, two suspects uh, shot a police officer and, and took to the took to the highway and they ended up in Maryland and were in a shootout with the police uh, in Maryland and took to the woods like these two guys appear to have. Sooner or later, they're going to come out of the woods. They have to, to survive. They're going to be bug bitten. They're going to be cold. They're going to be exhausted. They're going to be starving. Sooner or later, they're going to spill out onto a roadway and uh, the police hopefully will get that break where somebody will spot them and it may be a police officer set up on the perimeter that may spot them and that that could lead to the to the final arrest so how important is the public's role in helping police the public kind of and the media is key in this kind of an investigation and that's why i'm more than happy to speak about this because the more people that know the more people that are looking the, the, the better the chance of having an early apprehension before these guys cause any more harm. And let's be clear about it. They're, they're wanted for three homicides. They're likely still armed and dangerous and desperate, and they're the worst kind of people to have out there. And, in, in, you know, this community should be on high alert, and they need to report every and any suspicious circumstance to the police so they can get on it right away. Okay. Well, uh, here's hoping they are found rather sooner rather than later. Uh, any thoughts, final thoughts on your predictions on this? Do you think they'll be caught uh, within within a reasonable time? Or can people can people still disappear? Like, you know, is that possible? Well, it's not impossible, but it's very difficult. And I don't, just the little that I know about these two, they're, they're going to take to the woods and they're going to try and survive and they're not going to be successful. And so my guess is days to perhaps a couple of weeks and they'll be in, they'll be in custody. But uh, I I think it'll happen quite quickly. Okay. I want to thank you so much. David Perry is a former police officer. He's our law enforcement analyst here at 640 Toronto and the CEO of Investigative Solutions Network. Thanks for sharing your expertise with us today, David.
My pleasure. Anytime. All right. Well, here's hoping that he's right and that they'll be found and uh, carted away. Boy, we feel for the family, though, the families of those two tourists who ended up in the wrong place. I hate that cliche. Wrong place, wrong time, whatever it is. But uh, it just uh, it's just so senseless.